Player 2, this is Player 1. Plugging in. Player 1 is initiating connection. Player 1 is online. Player 1, this is Player 2. Plugging in. Player 2 is initiating connection. Player 2 is online. All players have successfully connected. You are now plugged into the Plug and Play podcast. Initiating startup sequence. Sitting at a square table. Yeah, we're in a very tiny. So hopefully you'll hear him, but you won't get to see him all the time. Exactly. Um, So he's visiting. He came down with a gentleman named Adrian, who is not here, or I mean, maybe he is, and I just don't see him. But he's not sitting with us currently. Um, (laughs) Moving on. This is getting really stupid. All right, guys. So we're gonna go over Pax West 2016. What we've done. What we've seen. Things we've heard. Yes. And rumors. Sex scandals. I'm pretty sure there was a couple of sex scandals that came broke during PAX West 2016. There has been announcements. Of sex I mean, scandals. Of sex scandals, sure. And, but where are we? We're at, we're at the still. We're at the still. Um, this was one of our favorite bars last year because we hung out with some developers. It was pretty epic. Yeah. Um, it's early in the evening, though, so it's just starting to fill up. Um, you, I'm sure you can hear the music in the background, um, but there's not a lot of people yet. But we are sipping some taste treats, Big Owl IPAs, and Kristan has whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, a cider of some kind. Yeah, some type of cider. So, let's start with getting here. Okay, Tim. Let's board that train. Nah, let's not, because it took away without us. Yeah, so hell? we were saying they're taking photos of the train. We were over half a home. Guy chopped his motorcycle. That's, oh, That's pretty shit. funny. Um, so we were out, we were at the train station over a half hour early, and we were actually standing on the, um, whatever you call it, the, the platform. platform, thank you, and the train pulled up, and we took a picture of it, and, uh, before we could even figure out what the hell was going on, it was taking off again. Just took off, like no announcement, nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. There was a couple uh, TSA agents um, that went to one of the side doors, but nobody got on the train. No announcements were made. And we got off. Just took off. Yep. So we went inside, talked to the station agent, and he found us tickets on the next train, which was three hours later. Um, and when that train rolled in, there was an announcement before the train arrives, when the train arrives, and just before it left. Three announcements. Uh, now boarding for you know, yeah Seattle. Seattle or. Train for Seattle, now arriving, and yeah. then final call for boarding, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So they announced the heck out of that one, but not the one we were on. Of course not. And they didn't even think to check, like, uh, maybe, like, we should see if the people who bought tickets are going to come on or not. Like, yeah. nothing. No, no, nothing. They didn't give a shit. 
So we ended up going to get tasty treats pretty early in the morning that day. We did, because we were pissed. Yeah. So we walked, uh, I don't know, half a mile? Oh, it was more. That was about a mile at least. About a mile with our freaking luggage. Yeah. And, uh, no, we didn't. We didn't have our luggage at that point anymore. Remember we oh, that's it? right. Our luggage. Yeah, well, our luggage we had, went we, to Seattle without us. We had our backpacks, so. Yeah, we did have our backpacks. Remember, we got stuck behind a train, though, waiting to cross so we could go get damn beer. It was a dark moment. It was a very bad moment. But beer and whiskey always makes it better. Beer and whiskey makes it a lot better. So then, we finally got on the next train. Yep. I got to sit next to a stinky dude. Yep. Real stinky dude. Yeah, messed out truck driver. Messed out truck driver. He's texting me across the seat like, yeah. this guy smells so bad, I'm like, I can't smell him. <laughs> fucking sucked. And he kept and trying to talk to you too, which is yeah. hilarious. You were like putting your earbuds in like, what? What? Yeah, he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I think you're hallucinating, dude. You're on drugs. Go away. But anyway, importantly, more importantly. Importantly, he was on drugs. And so whatever. Shit. We, we finally got to lovely Seattle. Yep. At about what? Six? Six thirty. 6.30. So we missed the ID at Xbox event. Yep. That sucked. Um, we did get to see the Nindies at night. Yep. Um, I guess we should go ahead and just start talking about events we saw, or uh, parties we saw. Yeah, or? parties we saw, because that's where we started the whole entire event. Um, so Nindies at night was at the EMP Museum, and the lighting was really cool, I thought. It was really cool, It was yeah. like purples and blues, and it was like a, they turned down the lights, so it was like the museum after dark kind yeah. of feel. There's a bunch of kiosks in the main lobby with uh, games like Severed and um, Chuton, I think, was the one I played, which was like a Viking game. And they you played. Hardy, uh, hard, no, they didn't. They had uh, Punch Club. They had Punch Club from Tiny Build. Yep. They also had uh, Rape Runbow. Runbow. Which, which is a lot like another Tiny Build game. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It reminds me of Speedrunners just a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you played a racing game that we could never remember the name of. Um, nope, something high-speed drift racer. It looked like F-Zero and Wipeout had a baby. Yeah. And what was cool about did, it like, is... did it anal and stuff. It was just all sorts of weird. Anyway, it was playing um, four-player split-screen um, up on a huge screen so everybody at the party could see it. Was it. cheering us on or booing us or how, like... How did you place, by the way? I was so I placed third. Okay. I placed ninth and then first. Cool. And then there was four of them. And then I think my last one was second. Okay. So, but the crappy part was when I placed first, and it switched over to the live Twitter feed. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was like, ew, I'm not at the top. That's, That's okay. So, like, I finished, like, second to last one, and uh, was up there for that. It was pretty cool. So let's talk about some of the other parties we went to. Okay. Uh, what other parties did we go to? We went to Final Station from Tiny Build that same night. Um, we got train whistles. We got train whistles. Toot toot. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, Siege Response, that was fun. So we got to play uh, Final Station for the first time, even though I think we both have Steam codes at home. I, yeah, I do, and I so still haven't played I it I played it mostly, and Croissant played a little yeah. bit. That one was, that was a little fun. Croissant yeah. got to play the part where you finally had a gun, because you don't get the gun for like, I don't know, half hour. <laughs> you were playing more than that. At least half About hour. About 20 minutes in from the start yeah. So it's like uh, side-scrolling, and it's a really weird game. Like, it's post-apocalyptic, something really bad has happened. It's uh, sprite-based graphics. I don't. I'm not sure what's going on, but um, you're like a train conductor, huh. and uh, you've got to figure out how to get your train to the next city. You got to find the code in the area, but then these zombie things start coming out, and all. Weird. Yeah, it was weird, but the party was cool. Um, hosted bar is always nice. Yeah. We got some cider and. More cider. And more cider. IPAs. <laughs> I, yeah, so you made the 
I made all the Trinidad guys proud and IPA for the So first they're not time. even really beer drinkers, and he's like giving them this Northwest super hoppy beer, and they're like, Christophe drank his. He did. He was a trooper. I Adrian mean, took a sip and was like, oh man, screw this shit. <laughs> right. So I got a free beer out of it. That's cool. Well, it was, it was free all right. around, no matter what, but I got another free beer. It was cool. Uh, so that was a Thursday night party. Friday night we did. Uh, Epic Dungeon Boss. Epic Dungeon. That's Friday? I thought it was Saturday. Sure, That's Saturday night we did Epic Dungeon Boss. Sure, skipping ahead. Friday night we did. Where are we going with this? What did we do Friday night? Friday night we went to Unreal VR. Yes. So, um, that was fun. That was cool. Um, it was. It was at, a crappy bar service. Yeah, it was packed and we never did get a drink. No. Um, but we went upstairs and we played a game called um, Soldier Girl. Yep, Soldier Girl. Uh, so it was like... Uh, it's almost like Soldier Boy, the rap song, but this is a girl and it, it's not a rap song. It's a video VR game. So it was all like neon... Like, kind of like uh, Soldier Boy. I'm just ignoring it right now. Okay. So it was cool. You got two pistols and you're like shooting these skeletons that would like flame when you shot them. Yeah. And I was like doing the John Woo like spinning around, shooting everything. I got a higher score than you. I don't think you did. Yeah, I did. I don't think you did. I killed so many things. I I made it to the end and killed everything. I killed everything, too. Well, then we got the same fucking score. No. You, it, it's a time demo. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Suck a bag of dicks. Whatever. Suck a skeleton dick. They don't have dicks. I saw on they Soldier. Have they have bones. Not boners. Anyway, skeletons come at you, swarm. You shoot them with two pistols. It was kind of fun. It was pretty fun. Um... There was another game there called The Nest, which we once again failed to see at the... Twice. Yeah. But, whatever. Yep. Um, there was another party that night, though, wasn't there? There was. Um... On Friday night. Zach's looking it up. Looking it up, guys. Bear with us. That's the name of the game, Bear With yeah. Me. Since we've been talking about it lately, guys. But uh, probably nobody's listening, so, you know, whatever. Um... We can move on to Saturday night, it doesn't matter. It was... Yeah, I don't know. Evolve PR. Okay, so that one was a smaller party, but also hosting bar, which we always appreciate. Yep. and we got to play... I don't remember what the name of the game was. Something 57. Yeah, something 57. But what was... Station 57? Maybe. I think it was, because it was like all train-related that night. It was weird. Um, so what was funny about that game is you glitched it out toward the end. I glitched it out, and then you did. And then I did after you. So we were invisible. I think we were supposed to be dead, but we... You were supposed to be dead, but somehow we turned invisible. We turned invisible, so we were still shooting, and like no one could shoot, shoot us, us because we were invisible, and then the game just crashed. Yeah, then we crashed the game. We, we, almost, beat it. we almost beat a big boss, though, because we were untouchable. Yeah. So that was pretty yeah, fun. It was pretty epic. Um, it was almost like Epic Dungeon style. All right, yeah, I can tell you want to talk about an Epic Dungeon boss party. Epic... Dungeon boss. That was a ways out. We had to take a pretty long car ride, but they were gracious enough to provide us with Uber codes, so we didn't pay for it. Yep. And um, they also have really good food there. They had really good food and a really cool stein. Yep. They gave us a stein when we left, which is uh, big. Big old new food. Yeah. Well, I missed out on that. Yeah, you missed out on that one, buddy. They weren't giving away any extra steins. You had to be there. Sorry. <laughs> They give out a shirt too. The shirt's alright. Yeah. Um, and we saw, um, I can't remember what day it is now, but the Dire Wolf party, which was, uh, they were talking that about. That was yesterday. That was yesterday, which was Saturday. Yeah. And they were showing, um, is it 
Eternal. Yeah, Eternal. That's a card, an, uh, an app-based game. Yeah. Uh, Leave that to the team. I'm trying not to compare it to Hearthstone, but it's a lot like Hearthstone. Yes, it's it looks like It's very much like Hearthstone. It's really hard not to compare it to Hearthstone. But it's cool, it's fun. They had great art, and it was easy to pick up and play. Yeah. And they're also showing a board game called um, Clank. Clank. Yeah. That, that's the one I did want to do. Yeah. Could you play a game of it? Yeah. So what do you think? That was a fun game. I could get into that kind of... I've never tried deck building type board games. And that was fun. Okay. Was it easy to play? Yeah, or? it was really easy to just my kids pick play. up and... Yeah. Okay. What that's, the hell was the dice in the little thing on the side? You guys, I kept putting your like, colors of dice in that one yellow. That's it, that's what that it one yellow guy was like, ah! I only got three in there. You guys all like, had to, Every time you play a card, because either because you're making some while you go through the dungeon. So, as it has it that you're a thief trying to steal from a dragon. Okay. I didn't understand that. You say you're a new type of thief, so you're making noise as you go through the dungeon. So, every time you steal something, you get the dragon angrier, so yeah. more points the dragon goes up in anger, the more damage you get to yourself. So the clank that they gave you, the small square things, yeah. so you put that as kind of batter, kind of, in a bag where you search through. So oh, yeah. when you pick it out, whatever color it is, you take that damage. So that was just this of it. That was a fun game to get, to get together and play. That's cool. Well, check it out. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about getting that game for me and the kids. Um, so I've been looking for uh, cool board and card games to take home to introduce my kids to. Unfortunately, Clank doesn't come out until later this year for uh, $60 retail. Yeah. So the next party was uh, on Saturday. There was another one. Saturday would have been yesterday night. Yep. We did uh, Epic Dungeon Boss. Yep. We did Clink or Dire. Okay, Dire Wolf. That was Dire Wolf. I think that was it then. That was it then. We are looking forward to something tonight that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, Dishonored 2. And Dishonored 2, hosted by Bethesda, taking over a dock with a lot of cosplayers. Um, not only cosplayers, but actors, because they're going to be like acting out little scenes. Yeah. Um, it's going to be food and drink, and they're going to dress up the ships um, like in the game. Yeah. So that should be pretty epic. Are we going to be able to go on the ships? I believe so. I think so. so. I mean, they're docked, but it should be good. Yeah. Unless I cut the rope, then we're not docked anymore. Um, <laughs> what do you recommend that? <laughs> we could uh, turn it into a pirate game. We could. Like, uh, this uh, Dishonored 2 party just went all Assassin's Creed 4. Exactly. <laughs> We're sailing I'm, the seas. It's sailing, sailing Arm, the harbor. Let's find some rum. Let's find some rum. So let's talk about... Um, games? Yeah, games we saw. Alright, so I started off... Well, I didn't start off with, but... Uh, one of the games I started off with was Rock Band 4. So we have some audio on that. You guys will hear it. We're talking about Rivals. And we're also talking about, uh, what was it called? The Rock. I always think of that. Rocky drama? Yeah, I always think of Rocky Horror drama. It's kind of like a VH1 behind the music in a way. Exactly. You remember that old show? Yep. It's, it's the... It's like the making of a that, band. The game mode is kind of set up like that. Yeah. They'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, well, uh, so the way that Rivals basically works is that... It's going to watch how you're playing the game, and it's going to pull in 
your performances and feed into the rivals uh, feature. Okay. Uh, what you're looking at here is just called the rivals hub. This is where you see all, all the data and stacks for you and your crew. Okay. Um, and uh, the way that we organize players in Rivals is in crews. Okay. Crews can be 10 players, okay. and you can invite, you can ask to join, you know, kind of standard operating procedure for joining in a, in a crew okay. uh, is pretty flexible. Um, and the goal, in addition to just playing with people yeah. socially and connecting with them, is to do better and better yeah. and achieve higher status. Yeah. So each one of these elements on the hub that you see here has some depth you can dig in okay. and, and see more about it. We'll go into that in a minute. But really quickly, this is currently uh, connected to the same rival system that you're seeing out on the pack show floor. Okay, yeah. So when you see the, the crew that's analog and the crew that's digital, yeah. we're connected to them here. Okay. Um, it, that's the current live uh, setup. And Top left, you can see how uh, how the crew's doing. We're currently logged into digital. Mm -hmm. um, you can see we're in the bronze tier. There's yeah. a, a laddered tier that we'll show you later. But okay. since we everyone just sort of kicked off on day one, and it's in the still the morning, uh, everyone's going to be in bronze. Okay. Um, and total lifetime rivals points. This is sort of a. Uh, aggregate of all the points as rivals, uh, as time moves on and your your participation in rivals, it it fills into that score. You start accruing higher and higher rivals points. Okay. So again, Rocky Drama, new campaign. And the idea is basically what we're going to be looking at is uh, a weird, <laughs> oversensitive old people from Boston. Yeah, you can, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen that, you can uh, random generate yeah. your name. That's name awesome. Your There's a whole new pool for that, too. You know, with rivals, you get new crew names oh, into really? the pool, but there's also new names in the band generator, too. That's so awesome. You can always make your own as well, but there's some, some so It's ones. just fun to say random go. Yeah. So what we are about to see here is sort of the trailer for the TV show, the fake okay. TV show. Yeah that documents the story of your fake band. Okay. I think I remember seeing this before. Uh, it was in our trailer, was so it? you may okay. have seen, yeah, so you may have seen bits and pieces of it. Um. They started as friends, bound together by a rock and roll dream. Lights go down. They were just untouchable lives. You hear this home. They like renewed my hope in rock and roll. Talented, great looking, and chock full of so these are our actual The band was a tall glass awesome. of rock water. So when you customize them, they look right there. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh my god, their shows were so intense. It was crazy. <laughs> they set off in search of fame and fortune, but what they found along the way is that dreams could sometimes become nightmares. Being in a van with that many people is challenging. I don't think I've ever witnessed a that band on stage implode. Grab your favorite show <laughs> and get ready for an excavation of the truth beneath a rock and roll legend. This is the story beneath the tunage. So that's sort of setting up the entirety of the show, and then the next video that's going to play here is is 
sort of the backstory, the origin story of our band. Okay. Um, so it's going to explain how we met and then lead into our first gig. Oh, right on. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in a lot of this footage, too. That is pretty fun. People who have been playing the game for a while or know right. about developers from harmonics, there's just some funny little things. Huh. Things set in the... October 8th, in the world and stuff. Yeah. The band forms in high school biology class during a particularly boring lesson. I was trying to teach those kids something useful, but they were busy yapping about making a band. You got to focus, I told them. Else you're gonna wind up working at the poop factory over on 6th Street. They didn't listen. <laughs> I was in that class that day, totally. They were like, oh, let's start a band. I'm like, cool, can I be in it? They're like, God, Terry, no, shut up. It was awesome. March 17th, 1990. Having practiced for a total of 33 minutes, the band was ready to play their first ever show at Bud F. Bonkazoids, a local amusement center for kids and incredibly uncool teens. But could the fledgling band draw a crowd? So as you guys heard, they were talking to me about it, and we were kind of going back and forth on some of those items. Um, the next game that... Uh, came up would be uh, Hands of Fate 2. It's Hand of Fate 2. I keep Hand of Fate 2. Hand of Fate. I have two hands and they're both Fate. If you keep like putting them in the planers, you're not going to have two hands. But anyway, the game, I keep making that mistake. It's Hand of Fate, one uh, hand. Um, so that's me eight. shooting you off of middle fingers. <laughs> that's a sequel to yeah, a game that came out. Yeah, I straight face when I say that shit. A couple years ago, um, really cool game where you're... It was called Hand of Fate. You're facing off against the dealer, and um, the cards that get played kind of affect, like, what happens to you, and random encounters will happen, and that's when you take over, like, a warrior, and you're fighting. This game introduces companions and a whole bunch of other features. But I do have some audio uh, that I will go ahead and play for you now so you can hear more about it straight from the developer. This is early, this is the magician, this 
I hear his voice. Is it the same narrator from the first game? Same, same narrator from the first game. So what's happened with sequel is the, uh, the dealer has returned to, uh, to get his revenge. This is 100 years on from Hennepay 1. So at the end of Hennepay 1, the dealer was defeated. He was replaced by the player character from Hennepay 1. And the challenge map that you saw effectively is going to cover So that was really cool to interview him. And um, what's the next game on your list? Sniper Ghost Warrior 3, bitches. So, so. you want to tell him about your little full pot? Your little boo boo? My little boo boo? My little boo boo. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it. It's fine. My boo boo. It's fine. We'll pretend it didn't happen. Which boo boo? I boo booed a lot, but which boo boo? The, the one you, you thought was uh, you, how you talked, said it, you thought it was a different series. Oh, yeah. So, like, I thought it was Sniper Elite. Yeah. So, so you, know, you know your guys' awesome game, Sniper Elite? But actually, we're not those guys. I didn't say that. I said I'm not familiar with Sniper Warrior 2 and 1. I played Sniper Elite, and they said, that's not us. And I said, cool shit, let me look at your game. <laughs> so I have some audio. 
and uh, we actually go over everything in this audio from the drone to how the bullet drop ratio to the heads exploding depending on caliber. Could you go ahead and give us your uh, job title and your name and everything? Uh, my name is Tomasz Pruski. I'm a senior level designer for CI Games. Okay. So we are currently over at Sniper Ghost Warrior 3's booth here at PAX West, right? Yep. Yep. So uh, what do we, I mean, I just got done doing the hands-on. Right. So why don't you run us down a little bit about what this game is, what makes it different than 2 and 1, and right, so, what are you guys uh, are doing with it? For the first time in the series, we want to fully embrace the Sniper Ghost Warrior title. And so to that effect, we want to center the gameplay around those three core elements. The sniper, so long range sniper combat, mm -hmm. the ghost, sneaking around, melee takedowns, and the warrior. So if everything else fails, you can shoot your way out of it. But it's going to be a bit more tricky yeah. than a usual FPS game. So uh, the health is not replenished automatically. You got to watch out for that. You got to think of an exit strategy, mm -hmm. craft your items, craft traps, you know. Uh, be prepared. Yeah, this is definitely not a uh, Call of Duty run gun type of game. This is literally a sniper game. You are yes. walking around. People are going to see you. Yeah. The awesome little drone. Now is that neuter to the series, or was that yeah, there it's, another it's, game? Yeah, it's completely new. So uh, since we want to do an open world game, mm -hmm. also for the first time in the series, um, the drone lets you scout out a location from a fairly safe distance, mm -hmm. and um, so you can approach a location from any side you want. You can scale a mountain or uh, get over a fence, uh, go through the sewers. So before you go in, you want to know where the enemies are. You want to know if they've got some kind of special equipment or if there's any loot crates lying around and you can My fly your drone. Yeah, you can modify it to hack security cameras. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so we just got in talking about the kill cam as well, or the bullet cam, mm -hmm. um, and that is obviously from the other games, but you were talking about how you were going to have different cams for the size caliber gun you're right, using, yeah. so let's go over that, because that's pretty interesting and pretty cool. Right, so you got a couple of tiers, uh, and the biggest one, obviously, is the 50 cal. Mm. So if you got a 50 cal, uh, you can <laughs> imagine... It's going to blow anything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're not walking away. No, no, that's Unless a one-shot, one-kill, every enemy, basically. Because you're going to have a couple of uh, types of enemies, apart from just the regulars, you're going to have like heavies, so they're also going to have uh, armor and masks on them. So okay. if, even if you score a headshot, it's going to bounce off, you're mm -hmm. going to have to take this mask down. But if you have a 50 cal... It's going through. It's going through. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, also I was noticing on here, you guys have a very realistic bullet drop. Um, and on that you have, I think it's, what was it, Z and X, you mm -hmm. can do uh, range calibrations. Yep. Um, so how do you guys work with that on the game to make this, I mean... So yeah, we wanted to make the sniping uh, as skill-based as possible mm -hmm. while still being approachable. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to take care of the distance calibration or, and the uh, wind. Because if you, if you just want to snipe somebody from 500 yards and not do any of that, you're going to have to be very experienced, pretty intuitive. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so um, you're going to progress through scopes. Okay. And some of them are very basic, just low magnitude, no calibration. So okay. you're going to have to stick to the closer enemies. But once you're up there, you're going to have a lot of adjustment options, a lot of zoom and it's gonna be pretty powerful. Awesome. Um, let's talk about the uh, oh crap, what the heck was it? The submachine gun looks like you guys have in there. 
and the pistol. Uh-huh. Um, those are obviously more close range. Uh-huh. So, like you were saying, the warrior aspect of this game, are there certain areas in this game that are unapproachable as a sniper? You need to be close range? or Well, sometimes you're going to have to infiltrate uh, uh, indoor objects. Okay. So, if you want to go in there, you can first try to fly your drone in and, you know, see what's up in the corridors, but it's pretty easy to spot then. Um, so you can hack some CCTV cameras, see what's inside, tag your enemies, and gotcha. then go in. Although you can just go in, try go guns, guns blazing, blazing. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, in close quarters, you're not going to use your sniper rifle. Yeah. So it's just easier to grab a, a, a an assault rifle or a shotgun. You also have like semi-automatic shotguns with oh, nice. big ass drum clips, so you can <laughs> yeah, you can mow through enemies. Yeah, throw some grenades. That's awesome. Um, so when can we expect this to be coming out? Uh, the release date is January 27th, okay. 2017, uh, on all major platforms, so PC, Xbox, and PS4. Okay. Uh, simultaneous release worldwide. Steam on PC? Yep. Awesome. Um, anything else you want to tell us about you guys as a development team or about the game in general? So, uh, we at CI Games have been working on Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 for about two years. Uh, it's the third installment in the series, but it's nothing like the previous games. Mm-hmm. We want to go big this time, you know, open world, big maps, uh, longer gameplay too, because uh, the estimated uh, single-player campaign is going to be about main story, 10 to 12 hours, plus a lot of side side content. Okay. Uh, pr- like proper side missions with objectives and narratives. You're nice. going to learn about the world. Uh, get more background and characters. Can you tell us about that world or about this story? Like, where are we? Is this, like, real world? Is this a made-up scenario? Uh, so, we play as John North, an American sniper sent behind enemy lines to Georgia, Europe, okay. to um, disrupt separatist operations. They've taken over the region, and we want to stop them from expanding. And this is our official mission, but also on a private agenda, we want to find our brother who has been abducted and he has been less sighted in this region. Okay. So we want to extract him out of there. He's also military, so he can take care of himself, but we want to get him. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that is all the questions I have for you. All right, great. So um, where can they find you guys? Uh, So we're at www.snipergoswarrior3.com and all the major social media. Uh, Just look for Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much. Great. Thanks for having me. Yep. Nice. So that was uh, the interview that I did over with Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. A ton of fun. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on it. I got my name down for a review in it, hopefully, so I can get you guys some more of that coming out. Um, But after that, we went over and hung out at one of our favorite indie game developers. So we went to Tiny Build, and the way that it was set up on the main expo floor, um, it would be even noisier than this recording you're hearing now. Like, it would be completely incomprehensible. Yeah. Uh, But we did check out three games, um, which I think, to varying extents, we all enjoyed. I loved all of them. Yeah, one was really hard. Um, We'll get to to that. Shut up. So the Some first, people just can't fucking jump the or first run one, in a goddamn straight line or structure. This is me covering Zach's mouth. So the first game was um, based, it was kind of a companion game to one of their biggest hits, uh, um, Party Hard. So Party Hard Tycoon, you get to build the party. You, they should give us a huge budget. You pick a venue, um, you start putting down equipment like speakers, and you get bouncers. Lamborghinis. Yeah, you get objects like cars and place them in the party. Um, you get entertainment, entertainment and like Donald Trump. you get to choose your marketing budget and then you just launch the party 
and people start trickling in and you try to keep them happy. Or if you can't keep them happy, you just bounce them out, which is hilarious. Yeah. One of my bouncers looked like Donald Trump. And he was really good at getting rid of people. He was. So He ha definitely helped build a wall. He, yeah. He's like, put a, put a wall around people and they're gone. Boom. Yeah, exactly. So that was pretty cool. And it looked, the, as far as the graphics, it looked just like Party Hard. It was a Party Hard. But there was probably more systems going on. Than, oh, wait. And uh, I'm not, I think they're still developing that one. They are. Another game we checked out was Cluster Truck. Clusterfuck of a cluster truck. Um, this is a little bit hard to describe audio-wise. Um, imagine a bunch of semi-trucks all traveling... Down a road. Down a road. That's when you jump on them, right? And you are yeah. jumping and parkouring on top of them, and if you fall off of the trucks and hit the ground, you die. So basically the ground if is... you ever like, played the game, The Floor is Lava, when yeah, you were a kid, you're a little you're kid around on the furniture and stuff, trying to keep off the floor, that's this game. Except the couches are now moving trucks. And if you fall... Oh, they and there's rockets sometimes randomly shooting at the trucks and blowing them up. <laughs> or, or for some reason the trucks are plunging off of a cliff. Yeah, and you have to... Yeah. Yeah, they and crash and they go up in the air. So it's a very hard game. You it's will die every. Fun. You will start. I over... fucking love that game. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That was it's... like my Zen game. Tim's like, oh, this is like when Zach's in his Zen when he gets pissed off. He's like telling this lady that we've never met. He's like, oh, when Zach gets pissed. He doesn't like rage quit. He like gets inspired to continue playing. And I was like, well, Anger our makes session's you over. Does. Whatever. He does. She didn't seem to be bothered. No. Uh, she seemed into it for some weird sick kind of reason. I don't know. Zach got a phone number that night. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um, the last game was uh, Mr. Shifty. So That was epic. Top-down perspective. You're like an agent infiltrating, a, I think it's a skyscraper. Yeah. And you start at the base floor. Um, at least in the beginning of the game, you just have your fists. But you do have a secret power. You can teleport. Yeah. About six to eight. Shift. Shift. Mr. Shift, they get it. But that lets you to teleport through walls, um, doors. There's an F in there, not, not Mr. Mis Shitty. Not Mr. Shitty. We'll get to the shitty game later. Yeah. Um, so that made the game really fast paced. I've played another game that looks a lot like it stylistically um, Hotline Miami. Um, which, if you are a Vita player, or it's on PC and Steam as well, there is some similarities to that. But this game moves a lot faster because of the shifting. Um, so you go through a room just popping in and out, through walls, through doors, punching people. You can punch a door into someone. That was cool. Um, the demo wrapped up at an elevator. Um, while you're waiting for the elevator, enemies stream in, excuse me while I talk, <laughs> from both sides and pretty much swarm you, and if you're not, like, shifting and watching... Like me. And you do run out of shifts. You have, like, what, five or six? Yeah, and then you have to regenerate. You have to recharge, so you can't just keep shifting over and over and over and over. You gotta be strategic about it. So you can do it over and over and over and over and over. Five times. But not over, 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 because that's six, and you can only do five, so on that sixth one, you're just not gonna poof. So and you're fucked. Yeah, we died a, sorry, we both We both died a shitload of times. You finally cleared it, so. Yeah, congrats. finally. Um, so that was Tiny Build. Yeah, that was really fun. What's the next game or developer you saw? Uh, next game I saw would be Motorsports Manager. Okay. So, uh, I have some audio for that. Seems really cool, it's a simulator game. It's definitely not a racing game. Okay. I was expecting to be able to race in it. You don't. But anyways, we'll talk about what Motorsports Manager is right here. So guys, I'm over at the Sega booth right now, and I am uh, talking to Motorsports Manager. You, 
go ahead and introduce yourself and give us your job title and everything. Sure. My name is Mike Fryer and I'm the community manager on Motorsport Manager. Okay. And so Motorsport Manager, you were telling me earlier while we were out there talking, yeah. started out on iOS and Android That's about right. two years ago? About two years ago, yeah. Okay. And it was amazing on the charts. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, number one racing game in about, I think, 18 different countries for about six months. It's been the uh, app of the week on I on Apple. It's been uh, it's been amazing. We sold like 1.6 million downloads overall. Wow. So uh, yeah, it was it made sense to try and make something a little bit more in depth. So now this is coming to Steam. That's right. Is it coming to console by chance? Uh, we we'll think about it. Um, okay. ide ideally, it kind of suits uh, PC a little bit more just because it's kind of point and click. Yes. Um, but it's, it's certainly an option because it's been built in Unity. So if we wanted to oh, nice. export it for console, we could do. Uh, but for right now, we're just kind of focusing on making sure the experience is right on PC. Okay, so let's jump into this. You were talking about, I mean, we were out there, we're seeing how in-depth you can get, yeah. or how un-in-depth if you just want to be a casual player. Yeah. So give us an overview of what Motorsports Manager is and what makes it this awesome game that we just saw out there. Well, unlike uh, a racing sim where you are basically in charge of just being behind the wheel and you might want to play it for a season, but then the next season is going to be exactly the same. Yeah. This is something that you can play for a long time. It's going to keep changing. But you are in charge of everything to do with the motorsport team. That's the hiring and firing of the staff, the development of the car, the headquarters, the finances. Um, but also it puts you in control of the pit wall. So you're telling, you're getting constant feedback from the drivers, and you're going to make those split-second decisions that ultimately decide whether they win or lose. Okay. Um, you were also showing me that you can uh, vote on rules um, regulations and yeah. stuff for upcoming tracks, yeah. um, things like that. Where did you guys uh, get the information, or how how did you guys build into that? Like, you you were talking about like you start out, you're really small. Yeah. The more seasons you go, the more stuff you do, the more popularity you gain. Yeah. You're gonna have more say over it. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you guys fit that into this game? I mean. Well, we've given you the option to decide where you want to start the game, whether you want to start right at the bottom and then work your way up, or whether you, you think you can just jump straight in at the top, and you're going to have a lot more influence if you st start at the top. So we've kind of wanted to make this a game where you can play for a long time, and over those seasons you can either uh, vote on things that will change the regulations to do with the car, so not necessarily just how the car looks, but how it uh, handles as well, so sort of how big the engines are, whether you want to switch drivetrains, whether you want to go to groove tires or slick tires, um, whether you want to vote tracks in or out, whether you want to vote for different variations of tracks. And yeah, you're going to have more influence if you're a bigger manager or you're from a bigger team, or you're going to have less influence from a smaller team. But we, we try to make it to get so that if you're going to play for 30 or 40 seasons, it's not going to be the same each time. It's going to be different each time as well. But also we've added uh, sort of gameplay elements. So if you want to start like right at the bottom tier, mm. If you win the championship, you'll get the option to move up the tier. Now, that wouldn't necessarily normally happen in real life unless you've got a big sponsorship package, which you yeah. can also attract. Um, but yeah, you can go through through the different tiers as well. So if you wanted to start with one team right at the bottom and then work that into a top-level team, you can do that as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's drive in, or not drive, let's jump into uh, the driver aspect of this game. We were looking at drivers on the back end. Yeah. Um, there's different attributes. Absolutely, yeah. Each driver has their own personalities. It's kind of... When you are looking at driver, you want to look at certain aspects. Whether they, first of all, whether they have a lot of confidence with their tr with the tracks that are currently in the calendar. If not, they're going to need a lot more practice, and you so you're going to need something. You're going to need a better test track back at the HQ as well. Okay. Um, but also, what feedback they give. They could be a really good performer, but they give awful feedback. So you're not going to get much out of them if you don't know much about the tracks. If it's your first season yeah. and you're putting them out for practice to try and get the right uh, setup for your car, and they're not going to give give much feedback. 
that's not going to help you much. Yeah. But also, they're going to have certain things like their marketability. Like if they're spotted out partying, and their focus and their fitness might be a little bit low, but their marketability is really high. And okay. that's going to get you more sponsors. So you kind of need to make the decision and the gamble whether you want to take someone who's going to be a loose cannon but gets you more money, or someone who's going to deliver results. Or maybe you split it. You can decide whether you want to have uh, a number one driver and a number two driver, or give them equal status. Okay. But when it comes to hiring new drivers and scouting, if you promise someone they're going to be number one or they're going to be uh, equal status, and then you bring somebody else in and give them the number one spot, yeah, they're going to get really angry with you, and they might start ignoring some of the decisions that you make on the pit wall as well. Okay, so their personalities are going to translate into how they interact with you and they interact with just the races in general. If they have a bad attitude, they're not going to race as hard for you. Or yeah, and also it might also affect how many mistakes they make, but also how much money they bring in as well. So it can affect things on and off the track. And another cool aspect I saw over there was the mechanics. You were telling me yeah. that if you hire somebody that is been with a mechanic, let's say, for five years and they yeah. love that relationship, they might be more prone to do better for you if you also hire their same mechanic that they've seen. Yeah, with. the longer a mechanic has been with a driver, they're going to get certain attributes, attributes and rewards as well. Okay. Um, so if you hire a new driver, you might want to look at how long they've been with their current uh, chief mechanic. And you think, well, maybe if I'm hiring him, I might also want to bring him the mechanic over as well, because you're going to bring those rewards over with you as well. That's awesome. Um, are there uh, drivers that do particularly well on certain tracks? Like, if uh, let's say like a driver's from Europe, yeah, and he, you have a European track, he's going to do better there than he would do on an American track, or yeah, how does that work? Well, there's going to be um, there's going to be drivers that are better at handling top speed, or better at braking, or better at overtaking. So if somebody's racing on like an oval and they're really got to, um, like getting the, the top uh, sort of acceleration and top speed, and also overtaking, yeah. they're going to do really well. But if someone's really good at braking, or if someone's really good in the rain as well, okay, if someone's really good in the rain, they're going to do well at tracks like Japan and Belgium and, and the UK where weather can change quite quickly. Okay. So they're gonna be able to adapt a lot more quicker. Whereas someone is is only really, uh, can only really handle stuff in the dry, they might do well in the sort of the more desert tracks like in uh, Dubai and things, but they might not do well in the European circuits. Okay, um, is there anything else that we haven't really touched on that you wanna talk about the game on or? Uh, well, I mean, there's so much I can talk about because it's so in-depth. Yeah, I mean, it's a very in-depth game. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I only really showed you a little overview. And, and we've, we've only just scratched the yeah, and of we're, what we're, you showed me. So. And we're showing it here at PAX, but we're only really being able to show the race. We're not going to be able to show people so much uh, that you can do before. Because 80 to 90% of the stuff is done off-track. Yeah. And then, But then you've got, uh, we didn't even get a chance to go through qualifying and practice. Yeah. And, but you did show me social media. And yeah, like how yeah, that yeah. all plays into it and everything. Yeah, rather than just getting like a, a boring press release after each session, we get like a live, almost like a Twitter feed, which has the press and uh, the fans as well. And sometimes they can be brutal. If you've made a mistake or your driver's made a mistake, they'll let you know about it as okay. well. So it's kind of the fan and the pr fans and press have their um, their personalities as well. And also how you talk to the media, how you talk to the press, yeah. that's going to affect how, not only how your team sees you, but how your driver sees you, and how secure you are in your job as well. Because you can get fired. Yeah. If you're not performing, your chairman might is going to bring you in and say you need to perform better. That's, and that's going to be a decision you make whether you want to go for a top-level team or start the bottom as well. That's awesome. Um, just tell us where we can find you guys at. When is it going to be coming to Steam? Um, you know, give it, us all the contacts. So it's uh, available to pre-order on Steam now. Okay. And it's 10% uh, off uh, at the moment. And it's also 25% off on Show Exclusive. So we've got some codes on the stand here. Yep. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search Motorsport Manager. And Twitter, our handle is Play Motorsport. But if you just search Motorsport Manager, you'll find us as well. 
Um, yeah, we're coming to uh, Odd Steam. It's got a PC, PC, Mac, and Linux um, for a late, late 2016 release. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank you. And uh, we will see you on the track. I guess. Absolutely. So that's right. Motorsports Manager. It's, I mean, it's cool if you like keeping control of your financials and your salary and upgrading cars and changing the racetracks and tweaking your cars and hiring and firing drivers and social media shit, but looks good, plays well. Okay. Um, it was fun. I mean, I don't think I could sit down and do it for a long time, but a couple hours here and there. Well, let's hear a little bit from uh, Kristan. What, what are some games you saw? Hmm. Well, what are the games on your list? Brawl Out. Yeah, we have Brawl Out. That was a lot of fun. I Actually, like it. Well, let's describe to our listeners what Brawl Out is first. It's, uh, it's basically Smash Brothers. Yep. With different characters. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with different characters. Uh, so let's start with you. Why did you like it? Just, it reminded me of Smash Bros. Okay. See, I don't like Smash Bros, so. Uh, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of fun time playing Smash Bros. So. You got to, me. Well, I got to talk to him a little bit. Yeah. Each one of those are like gods from a different country. Yeah, I realized that. Yeah, so... Much of, like, the Monkey King and all yeah. that. So I was like, okay. Yeah. I didn't even, have, you didn't even like, explain that to me. I noticed that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, so they got different gods from different parts of the world. They've been nominated by their people to be their god. Is that League of Legends? <laughs> and then, for some reason, there's going to be a storyline where they all have to come together to fight a bigger, badder person that's trying to destroy their cultures and their world and their people, so... Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, what other games did you see? Mm. Drop Zone was another one. I didn't see that. It, it's basically like... What's this called, this game? Uh, Starcraft? Okay. Yeah, with, with the own different concept that it, it, uh, you have to kill... It's not fighting against one another. The point of it is to go collect like particles okay. and bring it back to your reactor. To to finish the game, you have to who gets the reactor up first. Okay. So it was fun. Yeah. You control not one many many soldiers. Only they only give you three units. So that was, yeah, that was fun in a, in a StarCraft kind of way. Yeah. I did that. Other than that, you play anything else that excited you? Hmm. What's it called again? Heavy Metal Machines. Oh yeah, Heavy, Tell us about that. heavy Metal Guns or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> it's Machines, I think. It's yeah, it's machines. machines, yeah. Heavy Metal Boobs. <laughs> there was some boobs at the booth, yes. There's a cosplayer there, right? I'm yeah. I'm Heavy Metal Guns. <laughs> I'm a finger bang. So is that an arena-based game? or? Yeah, it's, it's a recent arena battle game. So is it like that, uh, that one PlayStation... Game? You know what I'm talking about? Heavy, heavy metal? Y'all don't yeah. look at me. <laughs> you used to I'm have a PlayStation. Good. I'm trying to compare it to other games, but... Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Okay. Is it like Rocket League? Yeah. From a different with perspective. With guns. Yeah, with guns. Oh, with guns. Dude, Rocket League with guns would be alright. Not Speaking same graphic, of Rocket League with guns, guys. they're going to be adding freaking like powers to your cars now. Seriously? In Rocket uh, League? Yeah. Well, let's talk about what other games we saw. Um, Zach, are we, should we talk about Hob yet or not? I mean, you just said it, so I think yeah, we yeah, are required. Well, let's, let's skip ahead to Hob. Um, so this is a game we've been eagerly, eagerly anticipating since last year when we first saw it, when it was yep. first announced. 
Um, it's an exploration-based game, some platforming and light combat. But what what's cool about it is the game opens up um, as you play through interact it. Interact with it. Yeah, so you're unlocking things and making As you interact with the world, the world literally transforms and Yeah, there's one for point you. today in the demo where you like twisted a lever and like the world literally shifted up out yeah. from below you and the you other like sent me down below it and I was like in a whole new world. Um, well, we do have a little bit of audio for that too, don't we? Yeah, I have some audio for Hobbs. Why don't we go ahead and let them talk about Hobbs and then we'll talk about our experience with it. My name is Patrick Blank. I'm the lead level designer and the game director of Hob. And Hob is uh, the third title for Luna Games. You may have noticed from Torchlight, Torchlight 2. Yep. Um, we're here showcasing some new areas for Hob, which is a little different because last time we actually made a demo to showcase. Yeah. We are far enough along now that we did not set out to make a demo. These are actually just areas of the game oh, nice. that we've taken out and we're here to present. Okay. Uh, and we're showing two of them. They're both new. One is a forest area. Okay. And the other one is our electrical dungeon. Oh, nice. So, and we're showing a new glove ability, which is the warp glove, which you'll see, because um, you get to play both areas. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, why don't we dive in? So we'll jump yeah. into the forest area first, probably? Yeah, go for it. Okay. It'd probably help out a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. We do have a, a little bit of a cheat sheet because there's a few things we don't teach you. Okay. Because, again, it's not a demo, it's just the game. It's the game. You would have learned these things earlier on. Okay. So we got the same character on the screen again. Yep. Uh, this is our hero. You notice he has a gauntlet arm. Yep. You do not start the game with that. Through okay. a series of events early on, you acquire that. And the gauntlet is kind of your multi-tool. You will get different abilities you can use. Um, for combat and for traversal. Each club ability is twofold. Okay. It'll help you traverse the area and you can use it in combat on certain types of enemies. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming I'm really high up. Oh, nope, it's doing something. So this, these are our respawner save points. Oh, okay. Much like the bonfires in Dark Souls. Okay. When you see them, use them. You'll be thankful you did. Okay. So we're going to climb down really quick and run around. You're in our overworld area right now. Uh, Hob is an open world game. The more you play, the more you open up, the bigger the world gets. Okay. When you first start the game, the, the world is broken. Nothing works. The power doesn't work, doesn't work, doors don't work. Uh, so you have to restore the world to a state. And you do that by uh, fixing broken areas that are uh, disheveled and not aligned properly. Okay. Um, and a big part of that is getting your club abilities that ties into the different components to help you do that. So you got to play it. I got to play it for the first time ever because you played it last year. Yes, I played the shorter, simpler, linear demo, and you played more of an open world exploration. Yeah. The actual game. Kind of difficult. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't difficult, but it was like. Although it was you a found puzzler. a cheat boat somehow. I am an epic game. He was jumping tester. off ledges that should have killed him, but somehow he was jumping at the last second <laughs> and not splatting. The guy was like, "How are you doing that?" The game design. The game developer is the one who is standing with Tim and I, and I think I have, I'll cut some audio and put it in right here. I'm assuming I missed it up here. No? Yes? Okay. Nothing. Silence. Silence. This was all good. Is this where I came from before? No. This is a new part of the map that's open, it looks like. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know how you are not dying from that. Make I, sure I, we I did not create the game, so I don't know either. bug after you. <laughs> Zach bug. Zach bug. Oh crap! Hey. Again. 
<laughs> you can walk on water, I don't get it. <laughs> no, I've died a few times. I feel like that might be a good place to get to. Let's try my theory again. Nope, damn. Alright, just checking. Thought Push, I you're you're there. pushing it now. Yeah. You just, oh, I thought man. I was invincible there for a second. <laughs> so did I. Oh, I knew that. I knew it. What? What the heck? He's been doing that all over the place. Did you skip all areas? You found a secret area inadvertently. <laughs> but it also brings you back. Back to, to my battle. To be. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's in there though. I've never seen it before. He's everywhere. Everywhere. It's happening everywhere. Everything was incorrect. Wrong you, time. You didn't do anything incorrect. You, oh, oh god. Yes, I did. <laughs> you did that incorrect. But you're right where you need oh, to be. That's perfect. I see, I meant to do it. You have a habit of always ending up, though, right where you need to be. I guess it's not a bad thing. No. Okay. So. Oh, I see. You have to hurry it. Wait. Fast climb is your friend. right back where you need to be. <laughs> yep. That's the first time I've seen that. I got a lot of those for you. As you guys can hear, he's literally asking me what I did to not die. Like <laughs> We're going to call it the Zach Glitch. Yeah, he's like, we're just going to name it after you. Like, it's yeah, the Zach well, Glitch. That's, that's yeah. So, I so if that's a feature in the final game, that, you're welcome. That's the Zach Glitch. You're welcome. <laughs> um, there was another glitch that I found in there, too. Um... What was the other one? Are you sure it's this game? Yeah. I know a glitch you found in another game. I know a glitch you found I'm a, I'm a, like a, I need to be like hired on as like a glitch finder. Ooh, that's called it's a QA tester. tester. I need to be a QA tester because I did epic this year at PAX with I don't QA remember the other glitch. Maybe I was on the phone or something. You might have been on the phone or something. I don't know. I know I found something else as well. And he was like, uh, I don't know how he did that. So maybe I'll find it when I'm editing the video down. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, that was a lot of fun. Hobbs beautiful. We are very, super stoked very for Very vertical. And I'm stoked that it's um, a PS4 PC game, not an Xbox. Uh, PC games... Not an X-Boner game. I know, but PC games seem to typically go to Xbox, and this one's coming to PS4, so that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, let's jump back up. You want to say Yuzbri. Yuzbri Games is a developer. They, they, uh, they published a lot of indie games, uh, like Valhalla last year. Uh, this year, I, I saw two games. Uh, one was called She Remembers Caterpillars. And that is a simple puzzle game. Um, there's kind of a story, and in between the little story bits... Shush. You uh, control these little creatures that go over, um, they're certain colors, so it's not a good game for colorblind people. <laughs> uh, so, like, say you're a little red guy. You can go over a red bridge, but there's gonna be, like, red gates. Or you might be gray if you're colorblind, who knows? You can't go through a red gate. The red gate will block you. But you can also combine with other creatures, so a red creature and a blue creature can combine and become a purple creature. And the purple creature gets all of the abilities and all the drawbacks of both colors, so... 
you are trying to get across the map to these little launch pads where you, um, once, you once all of the little creatures are on the launch pads, they fly up to the next level. Okay. Um, but, like, if you're purple and you come to a red gate, you can't go through that because purple is made up of red and blue. Um, so just kick out your blue half, just build a wall around that half. That is you. absolutely a completely legitimate strategy, is to get the blue half across it. So you're exercising the demons out of you to change back to a different color. Exactly. Um, but I'm just explaining that to make uh, the following commentary from uh, the developer make a little more sense. Of you She remembers caterpillars. It's actually a different developer. The use breed is the publisher. Oh, that's right. You, we had this conversation earlier. Yes. Yep. All right, so we're here at East Breed Games with uh, David. Yes, David. At, and um, what, uh, are you a developer or? Yes, I am the programmer and game designer of She Remembered Caterpillars. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, well, what the game's about? Uh, well, it's basically a puzzle game based on color theory with kind of a very sad story based on it and a hand-drawn illustration. Okay. Um, is it uh, touch screen control, mouse, or...? Um, we will release the game first on PC and Mac, okay. and later for iOS and Android. So it can be touch-based, yeah. Um, so is it out on PC currently or soon? It will be out in November for PC and Mac, and like three or four months later for mobile devices. Okay. So I, I saw... Briefly, I was walking by, the colors played an important part. Yes. Can you speak a little bit about that? Or? Oh, yes, of course. So basically, in each level, your goal is to navigate a certain number of characters to exit points. And in order to do so, you have to navigate them over obstacles. And each character can cross an obstacle based on its color. For example, there is a red character, which can cross bridges that are red too. I but see. it cannot cross blue bridges. That makes sense. So there is like this rule where there are um, characters that have kind of two colors. For example, purple is the combination of red and blue. So it can cross red and blue bridges. Gotcha. Yes. Um, so there, how long would you say a typical puzzle takes to play? It gets immensely much harder in the later levels. Uh, at first it just takes like one to five minutes and later you will uh, take 10 to 20 minutes. And approximately how many levels are there in the game? 40. Okay. Um, so you are actually with Jumpsuit Entertainment being published by Usebreed, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Look forward to checking out the game. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And the other game that I saw from them is not on your list, and I always forget it. Oh, it's Unav Unavowed, I think. So that was cool. Unavowed is um, a point-and-click adventure game. Brought to us by I'm never going to see a game from them again, asshole. Thanks. <laughs> so it's set Maybe in, they'll it, take me up on it. It's set like in a, New York. Maybe I can be the opening credit for all their games. It'd be like, you pop up their name, and it'll be like, That's not going to happen. Ever. In any universe. I'm gonna send him an email. It's, it's and said ask that like there's there's an alternate world where everything happens, like like we're all talking bananas. There is no alternate world where that happens, what you just said. That's not a thing. Ever. It's a dick. No, move, you're dude. a dick move. You're a dick banana. That's the title of this episode, but it's not gonna be. Anyway, 
Episode Set. 109, Tim's a dick. Can I talk about this game? Yeah, really? Can talk about the game. Okay. I talk about your game. Um, you're set in the New York City, in the Bronx, and it's um, really cool that way, like, as far as the atmosphere, like the alleys and the bars and stuff is set in. But what's even cooler is it's like a, a dark um, fantasy game. So, like, you are possessed by a, a demon, and it's like, kind of going back to show um, what happened. Because you kind of wake up as you're being exercised. Like this person pointing a staff at you and saying, come out of him. Oh, I thought somebody was going to be like doing, like, making you do sit-ups or something. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so that's when the game starts. And then you go back and see what you did while you were possessed. And it's messed up. Really? Yeah, there's like these bodies all over the floor. Like you oh, this is my time. Keep talking about this game, too. You shoot a guy in the bathroom, like right in the head, and then you come out. Really? And shoot the bartender, and like, it's messed up. You know, there's a bartender oh. right over there. Thanks, buddy. Anyway, so, like, that moment caught me off guard because it just, like, came out of nowhere. Like, you just, boom. I think you caught our bartender off guard, too. Well, I guess we're enjoying our last drink at this bar. <laughs> Thanks to you, because I'm now raising my voice because you pissed me off. <laughs> um, so that was that game, since you won't let me talk about it. Is there any other games you saw? Oh, wait, I want to talk about the demons. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I do. Okay, so there was another demon. No, okay. not the demon inside of me. Okay. Another demon that these dudes summoned for reasons unclear. Okay. And in the game, I mean, who are the dudes? The two. It's not. Not explained. Not explained a lot, but okay. you end up working with them, and there's two of them. Okay. Again, for reasons not explained, they summon another demon, and they, then they can't get rid of him. So we're <laughs> in this alleyway. That's trying, how it always works. We're in this alleyway trying to escape. Their magic powers are all depleted, and they can't get rid of him. And so I'm in the background, like, messing with an electrical panel and putting a wire into a puddle and then flipping the switch, and you get to electrocute the demon. It was awesome. Did it kill it? No. Uh, but it severely weakened it. And then it was like, okay, fine, you beat me. But I can't back, get back to the demon realm unless I eat some people and get my energy back. And they're like, well, fuck, you're not eating us. <laughs> and then you go, well, actually, in the room behind me, there's a whole bunch of people that I shot when I was infected with a demon, so, you know, if you want, you can eat them. Oh, and the other, cute. the good guys with you were like, what the fuck, really? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, they're dead, they don't care, but, like, but they have families, and you're like, well, but the demon, man. <laughs> so, anyway, I am, cool. I am into this game. Um, Seems about, cool. It's messed up. <laughs> That's, that's good kind of messed up there. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, and the point-and-click stuff... It sounds stuff, like a regular Friday night. It is a point-and-click adventure, but I didn't find, like, the stuff too hard to figure out. Like, that particular puzzle was you had to plug a pipe with a cloth to make the puddle. You had to get a wire um, to the yeah, electrical panel, and then... And, and, I mean, it was pretty simple. Okay. And, like I said, just messed up. Huh. Uh, um, so that's unavowed, and I'm looking forward to that. And then, what did you see? Um, I went to see Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest. Yes. So, Magic the Gathering, you know, I'd never heard of Puzzle Quest before. Apparently you've played their games before. So it's uh, kind of like little bubbles, you have to match up with the right same color, the same symbol. Right, they it's kind of like a columns game. Yeah, it's like a columns game. But this has the Magic the Gathering theme basically put over to it, so each opponent starts with a, you know, health counter of some kind. You do something, you can play a card depending on what you do with the little bubbles. Um, it's really quick, simple, easy to pick up and play. A lot of fun. Um, I'm recommending everybody go try it out. It's free to play. It's on Android and iOS. Um, 
on your phone right now, you're playing it every chance you get while I am. walking around. Yeah, I am. It's a lot of fun. It's got me captured. It's um, it's not Magic the Gathering, so you don't have to worry about doing the spells or doing this or that or you because know, the colors when you um, blank them out when you match them up that's yeah. like tapping lands and you get the power that you can yep then it it auto plays it for you though so yeah, like if you I get like enough that. mana it just auto plays it for you just draws the card does everything just draws the card for you it plays the spell if you get multiple of the same creatures they just stack them on top of each other so you, you might have like three two twos that are same like name of the card so now you got a six six and then yeah I got another card on the play field um, and it auto attacks your enemy for you or if you have this thing they've introduced called the Berserker it directly attacks the other player's creatures. Does the Berserker have a dick banana? I don't know, there might be a dick banana magic the gathering card. Alright, just check it. So they're rushing through all the original magic the gathering decks and blocks to catch up to where they are. <laughs> Why do you have a floppy banana? Tim, <laughs> I think he needs to buy your floppy banana. Go on, I'm listening. I'm gonna have Cheryl get you some stuff for your floppy banana. <laughs> I'm listening, tell me more about your game. It doesn't have floppy bananas in it. But it does well, what have... What if you tap yellow banana? Or what if, <laughs> if you it's, tap yellow banana... It's banana mana. Banana mana, alright. I'm gonna call them now. They need to change the, the yellow tiles to being banana banana. Okay. And then it's usually can... white though, but that's okay. I just wanted you to see what it feels like when I interrupt you. Dick. Banana. <laughs> you need some help with your flopping banana? I'm not asking you for help with my banana. Don't worry, I'll get your wife on it. It's fine. So I did that. Um, and that's all I've played up to this point. Okay, so I got one more game to talk about, which was pretty cool. Um, I don't typically like RTSs um, or tower defense games, and this was a little bit of a mixture of both. Um, you start with a base. Um, I think actually I should back up and mention that this is a PlayStation VR game. Um, it's got simple vector graphics, so it's sort of like you're playing in Tron Land. Okay. And, um, well, let me go ahead and pause here and let me play the audio so I think he explains it better than me. Okay. What would you like to know? <laughs> well, first of all, I'll just let uh, our listeners know that I'm with Mark Taylor from uh, Stellar VR Limited, and we're going to be talking about Corex VR for PlayStation VR. Um, so, I guess let's start with PlayStation VR. Why did you pick um, this platform over Oculus or Vive? Um, well, there's a, there's a little story behind that, to be honest with you. Um, so, I was learning uh, how to develop games about three years ago, um, like in the evenings, just for fun. I was in IT, um, and I came up with a few little demos as, as experiments while I was learning. Um, and about one and a half years ago, um, I worked on the first demo for Corex. After about working on it for about six months, it was fairly janky, it was kind of cubes and spheres and very basic, but it was a playable VR RTS. Um, I sent a copy of it to Sony, and they got back to me and they basically said, uh, yeah, we've just been playing this all afternoon and we loved it. And my jaw dropped, was like, holy moly. Um, you can say, you could, uh, we have a rated M. Cool, okay, so holy crap, that's yes. what I said. <laughs> And, uh, and they said, yeah, do you want to come down to our head office and have a chat about it? Yeah, so I did. That's exciting. Um, yeah, then, uh, then they basically, they uh, lent me a load of equipment, PSVR okay. equipment, dev nice. kits, that kind of stuff, um, so I could port it to PSVR. Excellent. I sent them a build, 
Um, and uh, and they said, you know what? What would it take to make this more? To make this more than just a side project? Okay. And I said, well, quit my job and become a game dev. Nice. And they basically said, okay. And the strategic content develop, uh, sorry, the strategic content team got in contact, and they basically supported me. So I quit my job uh, four months ago. And I've been doing this full time since then. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, because of that, Corex has suddenly become something. It's much, much more than it was literally five months ago. That's an awesome, insane. awesome, awesome story. Thank you. So, um, for those who haven't heard of Corex yet, well, how would you describe the game in a nutshell? Okay, so it's a real-time strategy mixed with tower defense. Um, so you collect energy, you build a base using walls, turrets, you know, lasers, artillery, anti-aircraft, that kind of thing. Um, the enemy come at you in waves, obviously uh, increasing in their power as, as time goes on. Um, but the idea of uh, Corex is to take out the enemy base before it takes you out, because uh, it won't stop, all right? And it will overwhelm you eventually. All right. So you need to attack back again, and you can do that in a manner of ways. You can either attack back with your own units, so you've got soldiers, tanks, aircraft, uh, megabots, nukes even, to attack back again. Also, you can build turrets and walls within range of the enemy base and then use those to attack as well. So it kind of really is a real-time strategy, but it's kind of presented in a turret defense style. Um, we also support online multiplayer. So we've got two-player co-op, three-player or four-player co-op, and versus play as well. Um, four-player online versus play gets insane. That's so much fun. Um, and yeah, and you can see each other in the game. So everyone has an avatar mapped to their head, and you can see each other's controllers. That's really cool. Yeah. In fact, the, the very first four-player match we had in our, in our studio uh, basically, uh, they just started chasing each other around the board, shining lasers in each other's eyes, hitting each other over the head with their controllers. And I was like, we're supposed to be testing the game, guys. Come on. But stop having fun. Yeah, stop having fun. <laughs> but no, it, 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 it really adds to it as well. Okay. So being able to rub it in and uh, as you're taking out your enemy is nice. uh, it's awesome. Yeah. So um, looking at the game visually, mm. uh, would you say... How would you like to describe the graphics? Like retro. Retro? Yeah. We it, remind, retro it does remind stuff. me of Tron or something, like if Tron was at war with, I don't know. Yeah, if Monument Valley kind of uh, sort of met Tron and Darwinia and their kind of love child, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what Perfect, that's way better than I described yeah. it. Um, so how long would you say a typical match would last? So, um, so an online match, uh, it really depends on uh, on the play style of the players. Okay. We wanted to keep that flexible. So you could you could turtle, build a really sort of strong, compact base and cover it with, with stuff. Or you can do a maze approach, you can do that as well. Um, or you can be very aggressive and, and reach out to the enemy and, 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 and be on the attack. Got it. Um, Matches, online matches at the moment uh, range from anywhere from 5 minutes to 15 or 20 minutes, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, you can have the enemy in there if you want, or you can take the enemy out. That's an option when you host a game. There's a few different modes. Um, but yeah, that, that's generally the ballpark. Uh, the campaign mode, because uh, there's an offline campaign and the skirmish mode as well. Um, the campaign level normally takes about 10 minutes each. Okay. Uh, depending on how good you are, obviously. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, when is it... I know that Sony doesn't always have specific release dates, but do you have an yeah. idea of a launch window for yes. Corex? So we're launching on PSVR end of the year or early next year. Okay. Um, so not sure if it'll make it 2016, but... Correct. Or at least 2017, if not. Correct, yes. Okay. Um, and then we'll be launching on uh, PC for Oculus for Vive um, mid, mid to end of next year, 2017. All right, so exclusive for almost so a year. We're a time-limited exclusive. Yeah. Sounds good.
Um, anything else that you'd like to share our listeners about the game? or Just come play it. Uh, the more people we can get online playing it, the more fun we can have. Will there, will there possibly be a demo on uh, PlayStation? Or? I'm afraid we're not going to do a demo version, uh, but uh, what I will say, this is an indie title, uh-huh. so this isn't going to be 60 bucks. This is going to be an indie price game. Very good. So, yeah, it should be fairly accessible so, to everybody. So, Corex, definitely check it out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, what was cool about this game was that it was very easy to get into, and that's important when you're playing something in VR. You want There was uh, four buttons, but you could fi- find the buttons pretty easily. And, and you knew which functions, after a little bit of play, did what. Uh, one button would release one type of units, like defensive, and the other would release offensive weapons. And the battlefield really looked cool in that simple um, polygon graphic style. And I lost, but it was a fun battle. And what's cool is you can play with up to four people online. So, shit. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, check out Corix on PSN when it comes out for PSVR. Sweet. That's Corix, K-O-R-I-X. Yep. Just kind of a weird name, so I would have thought it was Cork Kicks, but so I spell it out. Cork Kicks, the breakfast cereal. Kicks, yeah, that's true. Um, so guys, we, I, well, I haven't checked these out yet. I have a game called Gambitious. I'm pronouncing that completely wrong, but it's a VR game. Oh, it's um, coming up tomorrow. It's coming up tomorrow. I also have another one with my favorite mobile developers, Butter, Butterscotch Shenanigans. Crashlands. They're coming out with a whole bunch of shit. So, I'm gonna go check them out and uh, get to kick it with them for a little bit. Other than that, um, checking out a 1920s VR game. It's called like American Family or something. American Dream. American Dream. We'll check that what, out tomorrow. What do you have that you haven't done yet? Um, tomorrow, I'm checking out American Dream, like you. Yep. And put me on the spot so I don't remember. Um, I am checking out... Well, you didn't miss any on the list. I'm checking out like 10 games in Adult Swim. So I'll have a bunch of games. And then a game called Karma. Okay. That's it. I saw that somewhere. Did you already check it out, Kristan? I wanted to come with you. (laughs) Uh, If you can come with me, I'll tell you what time it is. It's at 2 p.m. 2 p.m., guys. You heard it. Monday, Monday, Monday. Let's move on from from games we checked out to the panels we saw. Actually, we're not going to do that. Oh, well, fuck you then. (laughs) We're going to go ahead and take a music break really quick. Okay.
And we are back, guys. Um, I actually found Adrian. He's the other gentleman from Trinidad and Tobago that flew out to be with us this year at PAX. Um, so, continuing on, guys, we are now at panels. So, what panels did you and I see? Because I only saw panels with you, so. Sure. So, I'll mention the one panel first, just to get out of the way that I saw without you. Okay. And that was the opening panel um, at the main theater with uh, Amy Hennig, and she's a creative director who's done games like uh, Uncharted, she's famous for. She's doing an unnamed um, Star Wars project right now, which is pretty exciting. And um, she was funny. Um, is she the one that moved to Canada to head up the new EA division? I No, because she's working with this. Well, I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure what company is running that Star Wars game. But um, she had a really wry sense of humor, which was really funny to listen to. Um, but let's go to the, the panels that we both saw together, and the first one on our list is uh, Mafia 3. Dear God. So that game was really I'm good. I'm going to cap your ass, bitches. So it's set in 68, um, a fictionalized version of New Orleans, and they showed us all the different areas in the game. There's like nine different areas. Yeah, There's nine different like uh, Docks, industrial area. There's like an upper upper middle class suburban area. It's a working class. There's like a Bourbon Street knockoff. There's um, a downtown area separate from that. Yep. There's the uh, bayou. The bayou, yeah, which is a big part. Yep, don't forget the alligators. Um, so in this game, you the protagonist is like taking over the old mafia and setting up basically his own. Yeah, so basically what happened is, is he was part of the uh, African-American mafia and got sent to Vietnam. Yep. I think it was, right? Vietnam? Yeah, yep. Vietnam. And he came back, and uh, his, if you want to call it a mafia or gang, whatever you want to, I think he was, I think they call it mafia. I think it's the African-American mafia. Sure. But I'm not sure. Whatever. I could be wrong on that. But anyways, we're going to go with that. But he, uh, they get double-crossed by the Italian mobsters that are in Sicilians. town. Sicilians. And uh, they basically kill off his people his whole crew his whole entire crew and so this is his story coming from the bottom to the top um you control every aspect of it all the rackets and stuff you get a core group of people that are your lieutenants and you assign them to run certain parts so you could have not only what rackets but what territories exactly so like you could have uh let's say bootlegging which is running alcohol let's say an upper middle class so we'll just go with upper middle class this is all examples so we can have the prostitution and upper middle class go into let's say Vito or whatever the hell his name may be but then i think there's a african-american female that's on your group i can't remember what her cassandra, name was maybe? cassandra i believe is correct she could be running the prostitution in that area but you could have I can't remember the Irish guy's name. You could have the Irish dude running the entire er territory that they're running these rackets inside of. And then they get mad at each other. And they get mad at each other. And if you don't give them enough of what they want, they will double-cross you as well and turn their backs against you and start coming at you. Um, so it's a game that never plays the same twice unless you make the same exact decisions. Um, every single decision has a different aspect. You might give somebody the prostitution ring that really wanted the territory and they're not happy with it. Even though you gave them something, they're still turning their back on you and they're leaving and they're going to double cross you and try to kill you. Um, 
really cool game. Um, really cool how the table mechanic works out when you're at the table because they're all bargaining with you to get what they want and yep. telling you why what they're gonna do for you if you but give it to them. But this is all an open world game with kind of like Grand Theft Auto where you're running and gunning and yeah. driving cars. And it looks sweet. It, it looks really looks good. It looks beautiful. And we've got season passes to it now. And we have season passes to it now. Yeah. So, and I also have a uh, confidential folder with some information in there. Yeah, they so gave us these huge folders with uh, some confidential. Mug shots, it looks like. Yep. So, we did the Mafia 3 panel. Uh, another panel we did, which uh, I personally was the most excited for, was Cards Against Humanity and Giant, Giant Bomb. Oh, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. That was hysterical. But it was kind of like one of those you had to be there moments, really. Yeah, it was. Um, but it was fun. Too bad you weren't there. Oh, well. So the last panel that we're going to talk about is uh, the Batman, the Telltale Batman. What a clusterfuck. Yes. So there so were, there's only supposed to be 800 people. This room was maximum capacity, 800 people. They had at least 950 people in that room. Logged into the thing voting. So they had this giant like spaceship saucer looking thing in the middle of the room. It was supposed to provide Wi-Fi to 900 people. Or more. Or more. That thing crashed um, hard. Um, the game was like going like two frames per second. Yeah. It was bad. It was definitely a telltale presentation. It, it arrived hot and burning on yeah. fire. So but it was fun. So there was crowd play, um, which was a new feature for this game, where all those 900 people logged in could um, press a button on their smartphone and collectively choose the next action in the game by Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. But they had to turn that feature off after about half an hour so that the game would run, right? Exactly. So I don't think we should really spoil anything about the episode because the episode's not even released for another month or two. Three months. Three months. So we got to see it first. Or no, three weeks. Three, three weeks, sorry. So roughly a month. Um, so we got to see it early and that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, moving on to weird things. Yes. And craziness that is Patch West, guys. Yep. Um, what you got? Why join the Magic Tournament? And next, that was pretty weird. I never played Magic without my friends before. Uh -huh. So there was a free Magic Tournament. You walked up and you gave them your name and they handed you a deck that was just, I mean, they're, they're terrible decks. They're just the bottom of the group. I mean, they're the starty of the starties. Um, but you chose a color and your deck came with half a deck of that color and half a deck of a random color you didn't know what you were gonna get. And the goal was you went up to these gold tables that were in this huge auditorium that was all decked out in magic. I mean, if, if you guys literally have time and you're not even into it, go look at it. This is like a spectacle to be seen. This room is insane. Um, I actually took a video um, of myself walking through it, and I'll attach it to this video as or this YouTube video and podcast as well. Um, it was breathtaking. So I went and played four games and got my ass handed to me by some dude that's like been playing for like 20 years. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, so that's what I started off right. doing that was weird. What about you? So I did something I haven't told you about yet. Um, you had sex with a male prostitute with your flappy banana. Uh, no. Okay. Another guess? Nothing. You went skydiving. <laughs> Yeah, I had time to do that. <laughs> no, um, so the, game, like I, the, the, like the game I showed you there, they want to see Secret Legend. Yeah. It looks like Legend of Zelda, but with yeah, a fox. Yeah, yeah, with a fox. Yeah. So I got a piece of paper that let me come back at 11.30. Oh, dick. So my appointment with Corix 
was at 11. I made sure to end it early so I could get back there. And I got there at like 11.20, so I had plenty of time. Um, so I was getting ready to play and plop down and uh, play the 15 minute demo, check it out. <coughs> and then this little kid comes up um, with his mom and he's like in this um, animal PJs. I don't know if it was a dragon or a lizard or something or something green. And he's like pointing at it. He's like, I want to play that, I want to play that. And the guy at the kiosk was like, well, I'm sorry, you have to sign up to, to play it. And the kid's like, you can see his face starting to fall. Like yeah. he's, he's getting ready to cry. He's like, he wanted to play this game. He's like, I don't know, seven or eight, about the same age as my son. And I'm like, and I, so I looked at him and go, you really want to play this game? He goes, yeah. So I handed him my piece of paper and he got to play the game. That's cool. So I walked away from Secret Legend. Hopefully I get to check it out some other time. That's kind of a dick move on their part not to be like, thanks for being considerate. Well, Here they only go. have two demo units and they promised this the time to people. So whatever, I get it. Anyway. That's cool. Good, you, good on you, man. Good on you. Um, another cool, crazy thing. We got to smell Cartman's ass. We did. Uh, last week we talked to you about the nauseous rift and the amazing advances. <laughs> nauseous rift. The amazing advances in VR technology brought to us by Ubisoft. So, we uh, on our press early access day, we went to the Ubisoft booth, and I saw someone that I kind of ran into in the past. Um, at Dan. I can't remember his name. I know him from a Twitter handle more than anything, one of sorts, and he was running the demo, which I thought was really cool. So we had to sign a waiver, first yeah. of all. And we played it, well, he played it for us. He ripped in our ass. He did. Or we <laughs> ripped in our nose. After we signed ass. our waivers, we put these things on our nose, and we smelled ass for about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, though, the fractured butthole lives up to the name. Actually, I think, I think his butthole fractured. We might have some audio of us experiencing that, actually. Okay. So we can put that in here. That's true. Put on your nauseous rift accessories. Make sure that it's uh, it's comfortable. There's a buckle in the back that you can adjust the strap. It is a 20 minute demo, so you will want it to be comfortable. And Dallas to fast. We just remember from the first game we had a cooking mechanic where you basically just mash A. Guardian. What? We got to ride the last Guardian. Oh, we did get to ride the last Guardian. 
Petty Cat. Petty Cat. Yeah, not not the giant dragon, unfortunately. That yeah. would have been epic. Yeah, I was like, wait, when did I do this? Is that when I got lost in the weird world? So, <laughs> no, that's next. Oh, okay. So we got to ride, um, sponsored by Sony, the last Guardian Petty Cat. They're giving free rides around town. Yeah. And while we were riding, we had to um, watch, watch, the watch the trailer, and that was pretty cool. And actually can see part of our experience on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So. Go check it out. Yep. YouTube.com forward slash Pokemon Play Gamer, I believe. That's it. Boom. Um, also, we got to talk about riding stuff. Yeah. We got to ride a 16-foot T-fucking-Rex. That was epic. Yeah. That was really cool. So we hopped up there, played some Arc Evolved, the new DLC that came out. Um, they sent me over code, so we'll be checking that out. Check for that over on the YouTube channel as well. Here, come pretty soon. Speaking of weird, glitchy stuff coming back from the PAX panel, I glitched out the ceiling on that game. So, like, I got on this, like, pterodactyl and flew it up to the peak part where it stopped, and I started moving my mouse up and down, up and down, and I could have this screen tear, and it started jolting up and down, like pixelating and like jumping all over the place. I'm simulating pixels for the Yeah, it, it was really cool. It was like pixelating. It was epic. Um, and I think we took a picture of that um, as well. Yep. Um, did you have any other weird stuff? Because if not, where else the weird shit happened to me? That's funny. Okay. So I got lost in downtown Seattle. So there's an area where you walk outside and a lot of cosplayers stand. And behind that's like a park. So I walked into the park, but then beyond that's like nothing. But I decided to continue on down the nothingness, thinking I was heading in the direction of my next appointment. And I popped down into like the sewer system and then back up onto a Did street Did you find level. any turtles? I didn't find any turtles. I was really pissed. And then I popped back up into the city somewhere I've never been before in my life. There were like big, tall buildings I could not orient myself. So instead of doing the smart thing and getting on Google Maps, I live streamed it on Facebook. And uh, it took me about a good, probably 15 minute video stream on Facebook after already walking for 10 minutes um, to get out there and finally find a person with a PAX badge. I walked like six blocks without seeing a single soul. And I was like, uh, when I was in the sewer system, did the wind blow up? Because there should be a lot of people around here. Um, uh, guys, hello? Just come around the corner, there's nothing but zombies. That's kind of what I was worried about. Well, um, we, did, we did see that umbrella van last night. That's we did true. see the umbrella van last night. The umbrella corp. I took a picture of the I didn't see it. umbrella corp Sweet. Oh, yeah? I didn't see the umbrella corp van. I, know, you're I almost bit. walked into it. He was walking into traffic. Yeah, well. Um, other than that, uh, we had went and had some absence last night. Yep. Absinthe. At the Can Can. At the Can Can. Cool little bar. Can Can. Underground. Um, so that's, that's pretty if cool. If you guys remember from previous past years, we've done the Can Can basically every year. Uh, twice now, yeah. yeah so um, it's underground, so it's weird to see like the. You see like, people walking. The ceiling tiles, you can see people walking overhead. We got to have our absinthe, chill, relax for the day, and that's about it, right? No. No. There's one more. So after my magic. Uh, oh, that's right. After my magic uh, appointment today, wasn't even with magic. So but I saw this dude dressed up in like this beautiful, like looking magic jacket, like really nice zip up sweatshirt, and I was like, I want one of those. So I walked up to him. I was like, Hey, because he had an exhibitor badge, and I was like, Hey, do you by chance know who I could talk to about getting some press info? 
And he's like, well, maybe. So I gave him the whole spiel about who I am and who I'm with, you know, buttsmashers.com. That's the space, and button smashes is one word, just so you know, Q. And, uh, .com, but don't put the space in, the, it's just the button smashes, one word, .com. Uh, check it out at some point in your life. Um, and so I gave him the whole spiel. I had one business card in my, in my freaking folder. I gave out so many business cards today, it's ridiculous. I had one left. So I decided to give it to this guy. And he goes, follow me. I said, okay. So we walk. We start going down these like sketchy ass stairs in this like beautiful place. We walk in this room and there's all these like dudes like sitting around and they're just like talking and BSing and stuff. And he's like, do you know like the World Pro Tour people? No. Well, there's like pros back there just like sitting there like champions sitting back there just talking. No, like Magic the Gathering people. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not playing. They're just talking. They're competitors. And at this old desk, there's two girls. So he introduced me to him. And he goes, oh, just so you know, I handle every single thing that has to do with magic. Anything that has to do with public relations, I am the head person for it. And these two girls work underneath me. And I bet they do. Yeah, I bet they do. And uh, so they got talking. And I sat down there for like 40 minutes probably, maybe a little less, maybe 30 minutes, talking with them. And I ended up walking out with a full professional press kit with all of their stuff and uh, they're going to be sending me some more information and some more stuff uh, and there's a gentleman across the street with a cross we have the weirdest shit happen on our podcast oh, that's not a cross that's uh, the uh, what is it needlessly large or from League of Legends. Nice. Oh dear God. <laughs> There's League of Legends nerds across the street, guys. Um. Anyways, so we did the magic thing. That was weird, unexpected. I didn't know that I was gonna be able to meet anybody there, but ended up meeting the right people, and uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm pretty excited about that. Can help you out your Friday Night Magic Club. They're thinking they might want to help me out with my Friday Night Magic Club. Yeah, which be really freaking. I'm gonna sweet. lose you to another podcast. It, it sounds like. Yeah, well. Friday Night Magic Podcast. And I'll be the host of it. Of course you will. Exactly. I'm always the host of everything because I'm a dick bag. Um. Other than that, we had a religious battle going on in front of us, and I thought the power of Christ was going to compel everybody to beat the hell out of all these people. Yeah. Um. There was people yelling at each other. Who was at the Pike? Uh, Pike Street Market, the public it was. market, it right was across crazy. from it. So there was four guys talking on one side of the uh, of the, of sidewalk. the sidewalk, and Screaming. they would take, take turns. So like, there's this one guy who's like had a really deep, epic voice, and he'd read scripture like. And you were just like the power of Christ compels me to listen to you. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, you're like it. yeah. And then preach right, it, man. right after he goes, and then the Lord said that thou shalt smite that enemy and he shall die, and then the next guy was like. I, what that means and, and like this nasally nerdy voice and, it and just, he stuttered and, he, and it just totally and it like just ruined everything just, just <laughs> to- and I was like dude that guy should be smited down because you do epic and then he fucks it up so and there, I don't want nothing to do so you. there was that going on but then across like right across the sidewalk from like those guys five feet away from him was a guy with the bullhorn going no what they're saying is wrong anybody can get to heaven not just these guys and like they had this back and forth and then there was this um random lady like yelling at all, all of them. All of them. She was like battling out between all of them. And I was just sitting there like, maybe we should have a battle go on and I'll be the battle royale master and let's throw this shit down. 
Uh, but that didn't happen. So that brings us to the end of this episode, guys. Episode 109 of the Plug and Play podcast. Um, before God smites us down. Before God smites us down with the wrath of the battery running out. Yep. <laughs> that ends up PAX West. We'll have a little bit more on 110, I'm assuming, probably. Kind of a wrap-up. It looks like a I mean, quick wrap-up. We wrap more up. to have PAX to go, so who knows what can happen tomorrow. Exactly. Could miss our training. Titties all over the place. Who knows? Um, anyways. Or bananas. Or bananas. Yep. So, don't forget to check us out. Facebook.com forward slash Plug and Play Gamer. Uh, iTunes. You need to like us and rate us over there because... If you don't, God will smite you down with a furious anger. Gotcha. Also check us out at youtube.com forward slash plug and play gamer. Thebuttonsmashers.com. When you type that anywhere else, though, it's the space button smashers. One word just for you, Q. And plugandplaygamer.com as well. Instagram and Twitter at plugandplaycast, where you guys can check out all the videos we put up and PAX images. Um, and until next week, guys. Don't forget to prime.